Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 420. Everybody get your jokes in now. No? Blaze up. Sure. Okay. Let's smoke this podcast. These these were well thought through. Uh, oh, today obviously. is October 5th, 2016. I am Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Valentano. And I'm uh, Sebastian Peek. Oh, yeah. Don't forget oh, Sebastian. I forgot there's a fifth person. I forgot. I got to take these sunglasses Full off. Full house. It is. For 420. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, obviously, I'm not in the uh, in the studio audience. No, wait, I'm not at the studio. You're not in the audience. Both is uh, true. <laughs> I kind of am in the audience, I guess. Too, I have it open on the other laptop just to see how how this laptop handles that stuff. Um, uh, but uh, I am in Panama City Beach doing um, rugged PC testing. I had to take a specific trip to do it. No other reason for it. I'm I'm quite certain, uh, according to all the accountants that are keeping track of this stuff. Um, so uh, that that's why we're out here. Uh, but we're still going to do the show. And uh, I don't really know a whole lot of what's going on this week, but we're going to talk about what do we have on here. We have a couple of review. We have a, a re- cool review from Sebastian. It's pretty much um, the Sebastian show. So, you know. Is it? Yeah. Damn it. I hate Those are the worst. Is he on today? Did, we, did, did he introduce himself? No. I don't think so. He was in there somewhere. He tried, but someone cut him off. Yeah. Yeah, somebody <laughs> talked over me. But, uh, you know. Such is life. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. This is this is how this is how it's going to go. Uh, obviously, we do record the show on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, at pcpro.com/live. Uh, if you're there joining us now, hi. If you're watching this later, you should join us next week. You can do that at pcpro.com/live. And if you need a reminder, if you need a gentle little nudge for that, you can go to pcpro.com/subscribe. And you'll get this little page here that asks for your name and your email address. And I send out a notification about an hour beforehand or so uh, to let you know that, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Interestingly, today I had no idea what we were going to talk about when I sent the email out. Um, So I just sent it very generically. And I made some reference to uh, Josh in it, of course. Um, I I think it was funny. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, uh, we obviously have. Uh, we're still running our Patreon campaign. Um, that is at Patreon.com/slash/PCPer. If you uh, enjoy the stuff we talk about, if you like the show, if you like the podcast, if you like the website, if you like uh, the videos we do on YouTube, you want us to see us be able to continue to do that type of stuff and expand on it. Um, this is your way to contribute in kind of a recurring monthly fashion. Uh, if you use an ad blocker, if you just uh, feel like uh, you know Josh deserves a few bucks. Um, I do you know, deserve for, a few bucks. I, I mean, look at the guy. He he's nothing if not worth a few dollars. I mean, <laughs> look at my a, pale skin. Obviously, basis. I've been malnourished for the past several <laughs> weeks. Now, you did say, Josh, it was cold where you were at home, right? Yeah, it was like uh, well, it was freezing this morning, and it got up to a high of forty-one. Holy moly, that seems early. I mean, I guess it is October, and we're kind of so, in the mountains. So you were super excited when I posted that picture of Emily. Yeah, on the I, beach. I instantly hated you. <laughs> <laughs> if you just live somewhere within driving distance to a beach, you could just do that. Oh, it's everywhere. Everything better. It's an everywhere yeah, driving he's distance. He's within driving distance to a beach. It's just a hell of a drive. Yeah. <laughs> How long will it take beach. you to drive to the closest beach, Josh? Uh, that would be I-80 to California, and that would be 20 hours. <laughs> 
I mean, that's 2x the length of time it takes us to drive to Florida. Uh, so You could drive there and never drive back. It would be the same. That's true. <laughs> it would be very expensive for you. Uh, anyway, patreon.com slash pcper. Uh, we really appreciate all the people who support us on that. It means a lot. Uh, and as is always the case, if you uh, update, increase your Patreon contribution or become a new patron uh, during the show, I will read out your name and your update here uh, live on the stream. For example, Glob Bluth pledged four dollars and twenty cents he pledged four twenty bluth gosh it's what job g-l-o-b no job isn't that a uh arrested Arrested development character yeah okay well it's spelled g-l-o-b i don't uh, okay but uh obviously this would probably be a frequent number for today's uh, uh new pledges 420 we appreciate it regardless of uh of the reason of the reason for it uh also a quick reminder uh jeremy i guess you can mention this uh we are having a uh the 14th virtual land party this month right yep they're it off on the last saturday of the month so october 29th if you don't have incredibly amazing things to do already why not spend the day gaming uh, with a bunch of good crew from the PC Perspective Forums? Uh, a couple of the people you're watching right now may drop by. There will be prizes. Uh, I know that there's currently a drive going on behind the scenes for Old Review Kit, and Lenny and the gang always get some interesting stuff from id, AMD, uh, cool. NVIDIA. It's, they've, it's quite a lot of fun. Pop over the, to the post that I put up, which links you to the forum post where... All you've essentially you've got to do is say, yes, I'm coming, and as long as you're signed up for the forums and you're good to go. It goes from 10 a.m. Eastern until sometimes Sunday. It, it, <laughs> it just keeps going. Like we've got members that uh, join up from overseas and like Finland and, and Sweden and stuff. So it, it just keeps going, and there's new faces popping in and out all the time. So if you're not doing anything, you'll have a lot of fun. You might even win some crap. It'll be great. It's not you we're gonna win some stuff. We'll say stuff, not crap. We we basically start to pull together some of the review items, mostly just Sebastian's house. Um, and we say here's all the stuff that we've reviewed that they that the companies don't want back that we don't have an immediate use for. Okay, we're gonna give it away at this. The the, the virtual land parties are, are a lot of fun. I would recommend you guys check it out if you haven't now. We'll try to remind you between now and uh, October twenty ninth as we go. Oh, yeah. Now before we get into our first review with Sebastian here, the Reveen Justice. I do want to point out on the, because we talked about it in the pre-show, but we didn't talk about it on the show yet. Um, I think I talked about my trip to Austin, Texas to go see Dell's rugged uh, line of products. And I wanted to just give a quick showcase of what this is here. So this is a 12-inch laptop. Um, no, it's not. Yeah, and as I turn it, sand continues to come out of it onto my other laptop. That's not really a great thing for me. Um, so this is the Dell fully rugged 12-inch convertible laptop. Um, and as you can see, it's thicker than most other laptops uh, because it's meant to just get the crap beat out of it. Right? Um, several story falls. Maybe you bury it in the sand at the beach. Maybe you then rinse it off with uh you let like the waves crash over it to rinse off some of the salt and then you just you know to actually clean it out you you rinse it with freshwater hose which is exactly what all this this machine went through 
and it's working fine. Uh, it is it's an interesting type of device, right? Like you've got all these all the ports are obviously you know very well sealed. They have these uh, uh, doors that open up on them um, to give you access to things like USB ports and SD card readers and HDMI and all that. Um, it has a convertible tablet to it. Um, and it's, it's a, it's an interesting device. Obviously it's incredibly expensive f- compared to consumer devices, but it's built for a totally different audience. So, uh, we're going to do some more testing on this, uh, and we'll have kind of a review, uh, of this sorts in, in, in review. The review will be interesting because it's more like, what can you do with this device that you couldn't do otherwise? Like maybe you want to give it to your three-year-old, uh, because, you don't have to worry about them breaking it or spilling things on it or something like that. Uh, but again, it's it's going to be a little bit on the expensive side for it. Uh, but if you do have, if you have a need to have cars run over laptops, this is the type of device you really need to look for. So uh, I'm I'm excited to give it a shot. I am also excited for the sand to stop coming out of the device. You can run a car over that with a hinged LCD. On yeah, it? with the LCD the side LCD up. out. You said, holy crap. Oh, yeah. oh man! So I can use that instead of cafeteria trays for my drifting. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah, exactly. We Let's we, get two we of those. I have been given I have been given free reign to do whatever I want to this device. How it's already fire been, resistant is it? It's <laughs> it's it's already been budgeted as like um, a loss, possibly destroyed. <laughs> I guess right. So we'll we'll see how it goes. You know, we'll we'll do like. Interesting performance testing on it because one of the things that Dell claims uh, on, on their competitions, the Panasonic Toughbooks, is that like the performance throttles off, right? Uh, how's the uh, ingress protection on like the fans and that type of thing, right? So uh, yes, you have fans, but if you maybe bury it in sand or it gets a bunch of sand in there, sand and dirt in there, do the fans still work? Can you still run? Uh, does the CPU still run at full performance? Those types of things. So uh, interesting experiments. We can finally Sebastian water cool it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will finally be able to actually Sebastian water Let's cool. Put it in uh, ice water. Ice bath. cube cooling system. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna have to run the vacuum cleaner before Your my fingers wife comes will get cold though. Uh, so there's that. That's a uh, Dell rugged stuff, and we actually will have uh, a 14-inch machine come in, a tablet come in, and I think one other device. They're gonna send us one of each of their different lines. Um, so that'll be. Uh, that should be that should be an interesting little little comparison there. All right, let's get into uh, the first review here, uh, the Reveen Justice Tower. Did we lose somebody off the show? By the way, no, no. I'm here. Okay, v- volumes I'm, I'm all here. went up. And usually, when that happens, when I'm in the studio, it's because uh, we lose somebody on the connection. But that's fine. I, uh, I can adjust. I have to let my dog out. out. Did, does that does that count? It depends if that's a euphemism. <laughs> for anything it was i see the video feed yeah mm, yeah okay well let's talk about the ravine justice tower uh this is yet another one of sebastian's cooler reviews um although this one uh in particular is all caps so i'm excited to learn about it yeah i was too i was excited to type in all caps constantly throughout the review because I, I as we all know this, it's it's going to really attract your attention when you're scrolling through Newegg or Amazon when you have all caps. I will say this. I know, Josh, you type Global Foundries in all caps, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I purposefully do not. Uh, I intercap it mostly because I feel like when a, company de- when a company demands that its name 
be in all caps and it's more than say four letters. They're really just what about being, Nvidia? They're just kind of being assholes about it. Right? You know, it used to be that you'd had to have the small n with the big V I D I A, and that was even yep. worse. Yeah, inverse BS. Anyway, that's neither here nor Power there. To the but people, uh, Brian. What's that? Rage, rage against the machine. Power to the people. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Inter, yeah. Intercap. That's my protest. <laughs> I couldn't intercap it. I guess I could have done like the V and, and Reven could have been capitalized. <laughs> you just pick a know. random letter. Only yeah. capitalize cap. Only capitalize the E's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Reven. Anyway, so, tell me about this bright so yellow. If, if you are cooler. a fan of PC Per and you follow our website and podcasts, you would have seen a tower roundup a couple weeks ago, almost a month ago now. And I was looking at bigger coolers I had around and seeing how well they performed and how well the uh, famous Cooler Master Hyper 212 Evo did against them. And then shortly after I began that project, this came in. So I finally reviewed it, and it's very similar in size to a lot of those other coolers. It's a it's a pretty tall tower. It's a little bit slimmer than you know some of the like the Legrand Macho or that Scythe Ninja Four I looked at, but still pretty big. Although it has a hundred and twenty millimeter fan, and it's cheap. It's a hundred. It's a forty two dollar cooler on Newegg. I can't find it anywhere else easily, but. The th- yep. They shipped it to us with a secondary fan as well, and that fan I, I found online for less than eight bucks. So your total investment here, if you do dual fan, is still around fifty dollars. And if if you look at it, I mean, it looks pretty much like you you'd expect a modern single tower, single fan cooler to look. This one has six heat pipes. It's it's got a nice finish to it. It's nickel plated, solid copper on the base and the heat pipes. Typical aluminum fan, uh, fins. The mounting system is is good. It's, I'd say, on par with what I've seen from Scythe. It's kind of like a hybrid of a couple different brands I've seen out there. The base plate uh, actually was particularly nice because when you put the posts through, they actually stay in place with rubber washers. And it, in, it only took like two minutes to mount the thing on my motherboard. So then I was off to see how it performs. No clearance issues or anything. Uh, by the way, it's it's just it sits so tall that I didn't have I have no worries unless you have really tall RAM, and you could always put the fan on the opposite side if that's an issue unless you're on an X99 board. But performance wise, with two fans under stress at stock speeds, it matches the NHD14, and it was it was very very close. At load, and then by the time both CPUs, like both runs were stressed, they had matched each other exactly 30.8 uh, degrees uh, delta on my runs. And a little bit lower temps for the Noctua at idle, but that was it. Under load, the single fan was only a little bit worse, and in fact, virtually tied with that bigger, more expensive Legrand Macho cooler. So it's significantly better performance than a Hyper 212 Evo for about 10 to $15 more. And then you're actually getting up there with the big dogs, like the $70, $80 coolers as well. And then when I overclocked the CPU, this is a six-core processor. I had it running at 4 gigahertz on all cores. I locked the cores for the overclock. 
And once again, well, it didn't exactly tie. It came within 0.7 degrees of tying the Noctua again with two fans. And then was right there exactly tied with the Legrand Macho again at 56.8 degrees. So very, very impressive results. If you look at noise levels, it's only... Uh, it's about four to five decibels louder mm-hmm. than the Noctua. So it's significant. Okay. Four and five yeah. decibels is is much louder than it sounds as far as a difference goes. But still, even at the, the fastest RPMs I could push out of the fan uh, was just a shade under 40 decibels. And the 212 Evo, always it goes over 40 at load. It goes like 42, 43 decibels under load. So, And that's not even a loud cooler at all. So these are... The numbers don't look that great on this chart, but it's because it's up against three of the quietest coolers I've ever used, and then the Evo, which is more like a mainstream, normal volume level that you won't really notice in your case. Gotcha. So you would not hear this running in your average case. You certainly won't hear it running over your GPU fan. And it's less than $50, even if you opt for the two-fan setup. Like you see at the end of the review... And it's, it, I had nothing bad to say about it at this price point, basically. Fantastic. It, it mounted well. It posed no clearance issue. Great performance. Low cost. If you like the sort of bumblebee color scheme, even better. If it fits with your build. But that, that's the only thing I can think of. Like, if you don't like the yellow and black fans. DFI. I gave, it, I gave it the editor's choice just because performance cost too good not to. Those are like the old DFI colors. Yep. Yeah. Land party. Yep. Do, do you think you could get an extra decibel or two out of it if you had higher end fans? Like, are the fans kind of that low to mid range quality, or are they decent fans? They were a little bit lower. You could tell yeah. just even at idle, even though they weren't producing a lot of noise, you could hear kind of that um, some some noise coming from the bearing and that's what really caused the volume to go up. If you put a couple Noctua fans on this thing uh, or, or scythe fans or any low noise fans, I'm sure that the heat sink itself, the way it mated to the CPU, everything was, I think tight enough that the, the fans, I, I think it was just the volume of the actual, um, the bearing. That's the word I'm thinking of. Do those uh do those clips to hold the fans on come with the heatsink or the fans? Came with the fans, I think. No, no, it was in the bag with the uh, heatsink accessories. Okay. okay, so you can so then you can just get whatever fans you want. You don't yeah. have to worry about. Okay, and those clips were interesting. Like uh, you just they're sort of held in place by pressure. I mean, they're a clip, but still, like you, you, they barely are attached to the fan until like you any clip other them. clip. Yeah, that's mostly the other kind of clip. Until you push them onto the heat sink, they're just kind of flopping around on the fan. But they would fit a variety of fans. They're only sticking to one side of the fan. Yeah. I would uh, like to thank this review, if only because I got to hear the name La Grand Macho once again. <laughs> up on our podcast so there's that that's the ravine justice uh before we get into the next review i did we do have some we do have some incoming pledges uh for the patreon campaign money for ganj also i love kansas <laughs> basketball <laughs> i'm surprised their pledge. you said that yeah uh nice. edited their pledge from 1984 to 2420 so uh, I like that there. Thank you. Just pledged nine ninety nine. So thank you, thank you. 
and sure, the guy in the $3,000 suit is going to donate. Come on. Just edited their pledge from $12 to $13. Yet another arrest development reference. Okay. Yes. It was like, I, <laughs> buckle in. We're going to have a lot of them, apparently. It's like, what? I don't, I don't, I don't, okay. Uh, <laughs> Good enough. Thank you guys very much. Uh, let's get into uh, the Silverstone Strider Platinum 550 power supply review. Again, we often do reviews of 1,200 to 1,500-watt power supplies, it seems. Um, but Lee did have a review go up this week of a more modestly uh, wattaged, if that's a verb. I guess I just made it one. Power supply, 550 watts, 80-plus platinum. So very, very, very good efficiency. Uh what do we have here? It's avail- it's, this series is available from 550 up to 850 in 100-watt increments, uh, but high efficiency, uh, quiet uh, fluid dynamic bearing fans on it, uh, and it does have – I would. this is probably still a bit on the expensive side in terms of price, $109 for a 550-watt power supply. Yeah, um, it's 150 or 140 mil size. Okay, so it's, okay, so it's small as well. It's small, know, so you pay more. Yeah, a, a lot of yeah. a lot of people are going to look at that and go, you know, you can get an EVGA B series 500 watt power supply for what thirty five dollars, forty five dollars, or something. Um, so I, the power supplies are one of those things, and I think what you've seen is a market that really kind of. Um, has matured in the way that like keyboards have or monitors have. Yes, you can get a $125 monitor that's going to do 1080p um, and it will play your games and it will display your windows and it will do all that stuff. Uh, and it's just a matter of like what side benefits do you want? What quality improvements do you want? What kind of warranties do you want? And you know, power supplies are a little bit uh, murkier than that, but it's the same idea of. Yeah, you can get a 500-watt power supply for for $35. Do you care about efficiency? Do you care about long life? Do you care about you know the potential for uh, things to jack up the rest of your components in your system? Not that I think any particular power supply would do that. Um, but you know, you're paying for higher quality components. And in this case, it, the inside of that actually looks more bare than I expected it to, even at the 140 mill length um that's just because at that lower wattage you just don't they could have made that smaller well then it would have been an sfx true (laughs) yeah and it cost even more yeah true uh lee liked this power supply light did get a gold award very good efficiency very good voltage regulation clean dc output low ripple and noise um, uh, the only weaknesses were the price premium for the 80 plus platinum certification, right? Um, uh, which, which is what we've kind of been harping on here. So it's, it's an incredibly good power supply unit. Uh, and I think actually we, j- I just saw an email go by that we may be getting some even lower wattage than this, maybe some of them 350 to 450 range, uh, to try to see where people building lower performance PCs, uh, might I mean, fall into that. like 450 watts isn't a lower performance PC these days. That's true. Well, an I5 mean, with a 1070 in it is well within 350 watts if you don't have a lot of drives in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. even need to be using the iGPU. You could actually have a discrete and be going. Yeah, you know, like a what's it? So you're talking about, let's say, under 100 watts for your processor and motherboard. Um, 
150 watts for uh, 155 watts for a GTX 1070. Yep. Add in a little bit of extra. A uh, there, watts yeah. For your so SSD. A, yeah, yeah. 400 watt unit, oh. 350 watt unit would be able to do that, but it, it's it seems weird to talk about that. We were so <laughs> used to 1200 watt power supplies <laughs> for a long time. Hey, well, that used to be a GPU. <laughs> well, my, my Athlon XP was a 450-watt power supply with yeah. the blue LEDs from Antec, and that thing lasted <laughs> for ages. It was a beast. Yeah. The good old yeah. days. It, I, I, I guess the good old days. Like, <laughs> I guess. Except, of course, all about the Josh Iron Gate issues that, what, like with AMD summer? processors, chipsets, AGP4X. <laughs> Yep. All right. I'm going to go ahead and turn uh, down this AGP to 2x just so it'll work with this video card. (laughs) Okay, never mind. I'm just going to do PCI 66. (laughs) Yep. Which thing you didn't have to worry about the frequencies getting out of sync. Okay, you know what? This that was not the good old days. The more I think about (laughs) it, no. Yeah, no. I'm going to have to go with no. Uh, Let's get into our news items for this week. Sebastian, you wrote up a post for the Logitech. C922 Pro Stream webcam. That's um, right. Which is actually the webcam that is transmitting my image across the interweb and back to you all. Uh, they sent us a sample unit, and I just happened to be leaving for this trip, and I went, oh, hey, a webcam, and I threw it in the bag with me and set it up, uh, and it looks, it looks like that. I even have the really cool little tripod that it, that it came with. Um, so what what what's from what my understanding? There's not a whole lot of new stuff about this unit. Um, is that no, right? No, it's special? like a new multi-element glass lens, I think. And then the big thing is that it can do 60 frames per second uh, streaming now. It's only at 720, but 720 60 over, I think, Skype for Windows only, and then Twitch. Okay, I want to say it was like Windows only functionality, like the Skype. Is it like yeah, Skype, it Skype for desktop Windows app or just like the, the – I don't know. I probably well, both. Well, I know OS ten. I don't think they use the – so the C920 did onboard H.264 encoding, which is how you could get high quality for low bandwidth. And I don't think OS ten supports that. So that would explain how they can't get the okay. high frame rate out okay. of it. Because like right now, I don't know – I mean – this is this is not a fair a fair comparison, right? Like because I'm sen- I might be sending sixty FPS back to Ken, but we're encoding it and sending it back out to YouTube at thirty, so it doesn't really matter what I'm sending uh, in this regard. But um, but he only picks the best frames of those sixty handpicked. Yeah. You can individually goes through them. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah. what you're transmitting if you like. There's an options pull down in Skype. You can get. It's your, probably like, doing 1080p. It's probably doing yeah. If it's doing 1080p, then it won't then it won't be at sixty. Yeah. But yeah, I think I mean if you install the software, they probably let you force it to 720p 60 if that's an option now. I've never seen any like I've never seen any way for webcam software to override Skype. Yeah, because like there would be no way for 720p 60 to work with Skype because Skype would just negotiate to 1080p 30 if you can't select. That's that's what that's actually what I said to Ryan the other day when the camera came in. I was like, yeah, uh, Skype's just gonna like pull right past the 720p if you're. um, Fun fact: Skype scales that based on yep. the size of the window on the other side oh really like it like if you have a small window on the other huh. side you mean like, like it might this? not even yeah like a small window <laughs> like that run better yeah 
Uh, it'll oh. actually it'll actually send like you you wouldn't th- you'd think it's kind of backwards, but it's like um, I was doing some uh, some Skype tests with uh, with Twit because I've had like modem issues. I was trying to troubleshoot right, and uh, and uh, Burke like minimized the window on me. He thought he closed the connection, but he just minimized the window, and I thought my connection was acting up because my send bandwidth went down to almost nothing. <laughs> But it was just because the window was minimized, which makes total sense, right? Like, if you're not watching the video on the other end, why would you bother transmitting it? It's like, wow, they actually were smart about that. Yeah, he's sending Sweet. 1080p 30 right now at 5 megabits. Kill 5 you. megabits. Right? Sweet. The internet at the beach got better since the last time I was here. What can I say? Nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, the C920 ahead. is so good. Like mm-hmm. that's what we're all using and have it's, been for how many years now? The default yeah. option. Like it it's like, absolutely uh, the webcam to buy. Yep. So they kind of put themselves into a corner. It's like, well, how can we get people to upgrade? Yeah. Like this thing is awesome. So uh, this is an interesting little jump. And a decent price too. What were they saying? About the same as the other one? Hundred bucks? Yeah, ninety nine dollars. Um ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah, Don't mention the green I think screen. it's available in two options. Is that right, Sebastian? Like one. Yeah, there's one that comes with a, a shorter version of the X Split license and a tripod, and then there's a version that's going to be, I think, Amazon exclusive that doesn't come with the tripod, but has a six month license instead. Hmm. I, one I of the things that, that, that Logitech talked month, to me about when they were going over this was the uh, the software changes. Like the the new version of the software is is going to allow it to do that um, the virtual green screen. I guess is that the, I don't know if that's a terminology for it, but like where they can cut out your background even though you don't have a, a green screen behind you, and apparently it's able to do that even though it only has a single lens. Right? Um, we, we've yes. seen. Uh, the Intel stuff be able to do that with its with its multi yeah you know, the Razer RealSense camera can do that yeah well apparently the Logitech software uh, for this which I didn't have time to install into my laptop yet will allow you to do that as well mm. so whether or not that's compatible with the C920 or just the 922 I don't really know um, but something we'll get into a little bit more once I bring this device back so but you're right it's like the C920 was was the go-to default webcam for everybody for a long time. So Yeah, this the webcam software for the C920 still shows as October 2012. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's that's quite a while. So there you go. Well, maybe maybe they just haven't updated it and cuz you know that camera just like came out. So True. True. Um so who wants to talk about who knows about the the latest Nvidia low power uh, Xavier SOC for autonomous vehicles. Did uh, Josh? Did you read anything about this? About what uh, Nvidia kind of discussed or launched at GTC Europe in Amsterdam, which I'm suddenly very disappointed I wasn't invited to attend. 420, yo, right? Word. Yeah. Could have been recorded. Uh, you know, I've there. heard no very little. It's what uh, 512 CUDA cores, I think. Uh, it's mm-hmm. something like uh, yeah, eight core. Uh, CPU, which is based, I think, on just not Denver, but uh, some of the some of the uh, licensed ARM processors. Mm. Volta. Oh it's, oh, it's a custom ARM. So, well, but they didn't tell us what it was. But it wasn't Denver because you're not going to be able to fit eight Denvers into that smallest spot. So right. yeah, 512 CUDA cores, TDP only 20 watts. So. That can fit easily in your trunk. 
just you know, like your big boombox amplifiers in your Tesla, Ryan. So, but this is using Volta how, cores. How, how, yeah, this is Volta <laughs> GPU cores. Yeah, that's which, next generation stuff. Yep. How announcing far out it is now, this product? When are they going to ship that? It's going to be yeah. a while. Didn't they say samples like a lot sooner than you'd expect Volta? Like they gave a sample date, right? For like education partners and OEMs. Um, I know they were talking 2017 for more details, yeah. at least. Maybe it was something yeah, else. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Dude, this is going to be a second type. I mean, they're going to release the big stuff first on Volta. And this is going to be shortly after. Yeah. I mean, the automotive so One day my car can run on a Titan X? One day. No. They're just pop it yeah. out, plug in the new one. <laughs> Damn it. Not a chance. My autopilot is so much faster. I'm going 120 down this highway. <laughs> hey, you I mean, if, if you, Give it if 20 you look years. At this table, if you look at this table on this story that uh, uh, Tim put together, right? Like the NVIDIA Xavier is 20 teraops compared to the Drive PX2, which is 24 teraops. But if you look at the wattage comparison, the TDP of Drive PX2 is 250 watts, and the TDP of Xavier is 20 watts. So the idea that they're getting close to the same performance of uh, the, the Tegra X2, um, two Tegra X2s with one Xavier SoC at a, less than a tenth of the power consumption well, on the well, same 16-nanometer FinFET process go, tech. Go back is, to that. It's go, pretty go back to that. Well, they did say FinFET there's something plus. that you should notice. Yes. Look at the standard single teraflops. Question mark. Big question mark. <laughs> so yeah. it, it should be 4.2. Maybe. Where, where was you, was where that too 4. an obscure 420 joke? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that was more of a Hitchhiker's Guide joke. Well, also. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed where I, I looked it up. Uh, they say it. Q4 2017 to automakers, tier one suppliers, startups, and universities. So initial samples okay. in Q4 of 2017. So we got a while. Yeah. But that's probably a lot sooner than you would have guessed if you were throwing out guesses, right? Yeah. yeah. If they hit that. Yeah. That's a big if. Yeah. I wonder if that's like just a chopped down version of their next generation of like uh, what, what, what was our last product that had a, a bunch more of the uh, double precision uh, type functionality involved? It's just for the mobile previous or generation Titan X, right? Like Fermi? He's talking desktop. Have they done that since the original Titan? I don't know. I don't, uh, know I don't think so. Or not. It'd be interesting if they did because this is certainly an area that. Uh, they only kind of benefit. I know they they talk about uh, you know they only care about half precision anymore. We only care about N eight huh. deep learning, deep learning. But this have is, you heard about uh, it? It's where yeah, the money is, bro. <laughs> it is enough. All right, uh, Alan, you want to tell me about the uh, another Drobo launch that looks just like all the previous Drobos from this picture you have on this on the story? No, no, but it's, it's different. different somehow. It's different. There's one more bay. They've made five bay trobos before. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true. So, so no, it's not any different. <laughs> well, so they they came out with that four bay Gen three drobo like uh, it was like a year and a half ago or something like that. Okay. Um, 
And the key with that was the performance was pretty good. Sequentials were like 200 meg per second. Um, but it was like 350 bucks, right? It was real cheap. It was like half the price of typical Drobos, like those 5 bay Drobos that were out sure. at the time. Like the 5D from Drobo, not Canon, uh, right? R- ran like 650 bucks or something like that. And then that 4 bay model got updated, basically had the same performance as the 5D, if not maybe a little bit faster because the USB interface was like a little bit newer and more compatible and would go higher speeds and, and whatnot a little by, by a little bit. But that thing was only 350 bucks, and not only that, but when it launched, like, when we put our review up, like, it was on Amazon for, like, 280 or something. So it was, like, pretty dang cheap compared to what Dribbles used to be. Well, this is a 5-bay model, and I've already got all the testing done on it. We got a sample in. Uh, it's probably going to go up early tomorrow, if I can just get the rest of the article in the system. Um, mm-hmm. Performance is basically the same as the 4-bay, so it's good. Uh, it's not like spectacularly better or anything like that. Uh, it's basically like give me a give me a number. It's still like it's a little bit over two hundred meg per second, like reads and writes. Okay, you know it's reasonably fast for for USB. Um, but five bays, so it doesn't hurt as badly when you turn on the dual disk redundancy option, and you're you know giving away two hard drives worth of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know if you fill this thing with say, five, eight-terabyte drives, you can have dual redundancy and you can still have, like, 24 terabytes. You know? Uh, or 36 if you only want single-drive redundancy. 36 terabytes in a box that small, you know, and, and when that box itself, without the hard drives, only costs, like, 350 bucks, it's not bad. Okay. You know, and you get all those same features, all the, you know, the... Um, so, let me, let me ask this. As... Yeah. So, there are a ton of NAS devices out there. First of all, uh, a, a DAS, as they call it, is just what? Uh, just direct attached instead of network okay, so, attached. Okay, it's just not network attached. So what, what would be a comparable product to this that makes this seem like a good deal, right? Like, are we looking at, like, Promise-based devices? Are we looking at... Um, yeah, it'd like, have to be like a Promise, like a Thunderbolt external RAID or something like that. But that should, in theory, go way faster. Like the one that the those go way faster. Yeah, like the um, five-year-old one we have that's four bay goes a gigabit a second or Thunderbolt. True, one. they go they go way faster. But that is a pure RAID that doesn't do any of the Drobo Beyond RAID stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which sure. is fine as long as you're not mixing and matching drive capacities, and as long as you're not like you just have to realize that when it does a rebuild, it has to rebuild everything front to back, mm-hmm. right? Whereas the Beyond RAID stuff only rebuilds the space that you've actually have files on the oh, drive. right yeah um so i mean you know it's just kind of different like and not only that but the, the promise rate is it's like a regular raid like regular raids do weird things when like ryan you've had regular raids do weird things to you right so um yeah but so, so the, the 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 big selling point on this is still the convenience capability, the usability capability of the Drobo system. I, I guess I'm still just kind of surprised that nobody else has duplicated that at this point. Drobo's been doing this for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of they kind of got it right with uh you know with how they. I mean, we we reviewed that original Drobo Pro like what six or seven years ago or something like least. that. I'm yeah. still using that thing. Yeah, like it's a it's the backup drive at my house, right? That yeah. thing has has yet to so much as hiccup. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you buried the lead here. It's the Drobo Five C. What's new with it, Alan? 
Oh, what do you, what do you mean? It's the Drobo 5C. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, it's, it's The u- port on the back of it is USB-C. Type-C connector. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's still 5 gigabit. So it's not doing USB 3.1. It's, it's, using, doing, it's doing USB 3.1 it's, Gen 1, it's as like, the marketers would like you to yeah, say. Honestly, I think they like it didn't need that Type-C port on the back. Because the cable they yeah. include is a Type-C to a Type-A. They don't give you a Type-C to a Type-C no, cable No, they well. don't give you a Type-C <laughs> no. to a Type-C cable. <laughs> because they probably looked at it and went, well, the majority of the stuff that people are going to plug this into I it, mean, has Type-A. Like, yeah. Or it has both. There's yeah. only one product that only has a Type-C. That I, mean, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it makes sense. Like, they didn't yeah. have to explain this to me. But it I got to do something with the Type-C like, ports on my new motherboard. Well, I mean, so so if you're if you're in the group that has a device, a laptop that only has Type-C, you probably own some C-to-C cables because you probably have bought some. Well, it's, it's not the fact that it only has Type-C, but, like, a lot of motherboards have one or two Type-C ports That's true. now. So, like, That's true. something and, to plug into one of those would be a nice selling point. Yeah, and you don't have to worry so much about the quality of the cable. Like, I know some knockoff, like, kind of cheesy Type-C cables, like, have bad power delivery and, like, catch on fire and stuff like that. Uh, but this is data only, right? Because the Drobo itself is powered separately so mm, yeah all it's using is data lines those shouldn't catch on fire um just ask samsung it's fine uh, you know it's it's not a samsung uh type c to type c cable so nothing to worry about there uh oh uh one other thing is that um this model supports up to uh 64 terabytes of a partition so remember that a drobo oh. when you format a volume on a drobo the volume size that it presents to your operating system is always like the maximum that it can handle, that it can address. It's not necessarily the maximum that it can store. Hmm. Right? They do that so that, again, it it falls in line with like the ease of use thing, right? It, like you want to just make it so that if a user just adds another drive, you don't want them to have to do any other steps. So all you do is you just add another drive and it just figures it out and you didn't even have to change your partition size under Windows. Right, because it's already very large, or as large as you know it can handle. Um, that used to be an issue. Like it, even on the Drobo Pro, it ran into it an, an issue pretty quickly because it had a 16 terabyte limit. <laughs> yeah, and that's an eight bay device. <laughs> and it was an eight bay device. Now, yeah. granted, when it came out, like two terabyte drives were like the most you could yeah. get at the time, right? But that's pretty quickly like became you know a limit. And they've and Drobo has like updated that protocol like since and like there were but a did they update the newer four bay one as well or is this i think the four bay five bay feature i think the four bay gen 3 does 32 mm. this one does 64 so if i try to shove 10 terabyte drives in it it would go <laughs> i don't know i guess redundancy well now realize you can still like you just have to make a second volume yeah but that's annoying it is annoying i don't like having multiple volumes like the, nope. yeah i have to have three volumes on the drobo pro <laughs> <laughs> that's that's home for me to address all of the space of all the drives that are in it just because like you know of the 16 terabyte limit it's kind of annoying but you know and uh as another test that i did um which we'll talk about more next week but like i took i took the disc pack that was in the four bay and i moved it it had some files on it i moved it straight to the the new 5c and it immediately picked it up there wasn't a migration it was just like it just showed up so if you're, you know, if you have the four bay model and it's full of drives and you want to 
fill the, you know, you want to put something in the fifth bay, it's it's literally just like a move the disc pack, like shut the turbo down, move the disc pack over the new one. You're back up and running. All your Does stuff's still there. Does it have to be in order? In no, a it certain doesn't, order. It doesn't like care. your disc one needs to be disc one because that's got the RAID information on it. No, Drobo's put the RAID info on all the discs. The metadata all goes on the all discs. the discs. Yeah, that's part of that's part of what makes them so robust. Like it's that same kind of the Beyond RAID stuff that they do is the same kind of stuff that I tried very hard to break with the original Drobo Pro. Like I was, you know, should have given it to Ryan. Uh, yeah. Yep. Well, he I was had, say RAID Ryan, zero spreads five, the data over all the discs too. What's wrong with that? Yeah, it just does. You couldn't take yeah RAID zero death wish RAID, but um. <laughs> right. a four, hey, a four disc grade zero. All that information it requires all four discs, so it's yeah. the same as the Drobo. Yeah, right. Um, Drobos get other stuff like they they put a <laughs> they put a reasonably large battery inside of them. Uh, What's reasonably large? We, like, we got a review coming it's like, like, next it's week. Like, Let's like, yeah. uh, it's like is, is that kind of like uh, rats of unusual size? No, it's one of the batteries. A reasonably large battery. Rodents of unusual size. Are yes. Batteries. It's, it's one of the batteries out of uh, out of Ryan's Tesla. Oh no! Is in a Drobo, so, so it's a portable Drobo. Noted. It's a portable Tesla. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more. We'll talk more about it next week, and we can we can debate the uh, positive and negatives of of Drobo technology in general. Um, let's see what else we have on here. Oh, the GTX 1050 Ti rumors surfacing again uh, from the with the GP 107. This time we actually have a picture of the GPU. Is that right, Sebastian? It's so cute. It is. It's very small. If these pictures are real, and then there's another picture that shows the label where they're pointing to it. Look, it says <laughs> the, guy's, the guy's pretty I. clear. He's like, "Hey, it's Look, right there, idiot. dude." Look. I didn't just put this sticker on a the sticker on a Dymo labeler. It's real because I can point to it. I didn't. I didn't print it out. Yeah. So apparently, there's a GP 107. The sticker is so bad. It or or the serial oh, I know, number. I know what he's doing. Yeah, he's covering up the serial. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I won't okay. get fired because they won't be able to trace it back to me. Yeah. Even though you can actually read the whole barcode if you wanted to. You can't read the whole barcode. He's not covering all of the barcode. Yeah, you could if you tried real hard. If you wanted yeah, that barcode, you can you have also, to, you have also to zoom I recognize those and fingernails. Oh. Ken. <laughs> it's not Ken. <laughs> hey, Ryan, where do you think I got the photos from? <laughs> So what are we looking at here, Sebastian? Other than uh, a bunch of text, I don't, I can't read. Looks yeah. like four four gigs of memory. Yeah, they're saying it's going to have four gigs of RAM. It's just GDDR five, hundred twenty eight bit Samsung. plus. It won't catch fire. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Do that now. You don't know. And this. the Boy, clocks, those, those clocks notes, are not so real aggressive. Like, the clocks could be specific to this model it this is a chinese uh, prototype for a retail card supposedly so if you if you go on the source link to video cards they have a couple of links to like the baidu page where they got some of this stuff and if you Hell believe yeah. it it's it's probably coming soon once you start to see prototype board shots but we'll see oh they got benchmarks the one is interesting this, thing um, I thought from this is this supposed to be board, a powerless connect like no power right, connector that's, card that's what i was going to say the board in that picture has a six-pin power connector. This is supposedly a 75-watt... Yeah, but if it's a partner it. card, yeah. they do stuff. But look how, yeah, look how the empty the board looks. Mm. It's just like, why would you make a card that big when you have all that empty space? I don't disagree. 
I yeah. You don't have to redesign a cooler. Yeah, yeah there's probably. probably some of that to it. It's just ease of use on their side. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like curious to see what this part is. See inside of like a 65 inch TV. Like, do you right. need do the housing that. to be that big? Can't imagine who. The 750 Ti was a really, really cool and interesting graphics card. So I want to see if if this lives up to that. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it could be pretty interesting, um, but. It, yeah, Josh. Josh is right in that the the clock speeds aren't very aggressive, so it it maybe worries me a little bit that the performance delta here isn't going to be that 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 impressive. Um, but we'll see. I guess maybe uh, Google launches high end Pixel smartphones. Uh, I know I know Ken has already ordered one of each <laughs> because he just loves to spend money on phones. I'm a he giant likes Android fanboy. He likes colors. I like Very Blue. So, Very Blue was only uh, available in the 32 gig capacity and not 128. Really? Weird. Yeah. But you know what? People still scooped it up because who wouldn't want to buy a phone called Very Blue? I've been or, I'm cha- sorry, Really Blue. Yeah, I've been changing the Wait, adjective straight. every time I refer to it. It's sometimes it's very it's profanity. Black, I mean, silver and really blue. In, and it's the, the phone is called the Pixel. Is the one on the right once you go black? I know. I, no, their branding very... on these is dreadful, and the industrial design is literally just let's rip off Apple. No, this no, looks no. Like an it's iPhone got a dual 6. finish on the back. Oh, okay. It, I mean, it looks like finish. all of HTC's phones that they've ripped yeah, off the iPhone 6, but, 6S right, and 7. This is made on. by HTC, so I guess that makes sense. But no ugly camera bump. But don't worry. Google well, says they designed it completely. Bump. Google says HTC's just making it. They designed it. Yeah. Except it looks exactly sure like they an did. HTC 10. Yeah. What 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 are the what are the hardware specs on this, Sebastian? What stands out? It's a Qualcomm. It's, yep, it's the Snapdragon right? eight twenty one. So okay. you have a performance boost over the eight twenty, uh, slightly. The eight twenty one has higher clocks essentially, but it's the same cryo cores, the same uh, two plus two design. It's a quad core that actually does pretty well in benchmarks. Um, then you have the the big selling point of this. You're, you're looking at phones that are going to compete kind of neck and neck with an iPhone except you have a 5 inch 1080p and then the 5 and a half is actually 1440 unlike a like a 6 or 7 plus which is the 1080p version and but these OLED are too, aren't they AMOLED yeah AMOLED displays AMOLED. Uh, and if if you have seen the display on like the Nexus 6P or even the Motorola Nexus 6 very, very nice-looking OLED displays. The Nexus 6P had an edge over the, the 6. But um, a very, very high-end camera on this as well. That was There's been more talk about the camera than anything else because DxOMark has the highest rating for any smartphone camera ever with this phone. They gave it a score of 89 hmm. to the iPhones. What does it say here? The iPhone had like an 86, I think. Mm-hmm. So very close, but still the highest. And it's a Sony IMX378 sensor, and the pixel size is large, 1.55. So it should be very good low-light performance, and it's capable of you know 4K video and all the other good stuff. So we shall see. It, it, it sounds dollars? very impressive on paper as far as beautiful screen, very, very high-end camera, and that's really what matters to a lot of people. How about them dollars, though? Yeah, the premium pricing model for this. So when when the Nexus first came out, 
years ago with the Nexus One. I think that was actually an HTC phone. I think, yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, the Nexus was a way to get the stock Android experience into the developer's hands at a low price. These were always unlocked phones. You didn't go to a carrier store and buy them. You bought them straight through Google. And, you know, somewhere around 300 to $350, you could buy the brand new Nexus phone every year. I got into the Nexus series with the 4, and that was 349 And the Nexus... Five was another three to four hundred dollar phone, and then when the Nexus Six was announced, this was after the acquisition of Motorola. Mm. They decided we're going to go through carrier stores and we're going to charge six hundred and forty nine dollars for this, and it's going to be just like any other two year contract phone. And we're going to, and they didn't sell any of them. And the <laughs> Nexus Six was a disaster. I would love to see the actual sales numbers. I'm sure they're probably out there somewhere, but it it was. It was dreadful. All I needed to know about my Nexus 6 phone was when I got the urge to upgrade, as I do about every three or four weeks, I went on eBay, and the value was – there was no value. I could, I could have sold it for a $400 loss whenever I wanted to, and it, it was just sitting in stock everywhere, being marked down. Or, and it, when they came out with the next generation – I was like, okay, good. Return to form for Nexus. The 5X came out at 349 and you had the 6P, which was the premium phone, but it was a premium phone. It had a better display. It had a better camera, and it was more expensive. It was like $500 to $600, depending on the model. And you could still get that 5X and have that Nexus experience, which is a cheap phone with the absolute latest version of Android. And now they're back to the Nexus 6 game again. But it's not Nexus anymore. I mean, the Nexus, they got everything they could out of the Nexus 6 name. You had the Nexus 6P and the 6, and then they went back in time with the 5X, even though right. that was kind of like the Nexus 6.5. And, <laughs> and the Nexus 7 has been sitting out there as a 7-inch tablet for how many years now? Uh, since the launch of Android 4. And apparently they didn't want to call it the phone the 7 as well. And Pixel is their super expensive Chromebook line. Which they've sold like 10 of. Yeah, they've sold 10 of to their biggest evangelists in the industry. So, I mean, who doesn't want a $1,500 Chromebook with an i7 in it? I When I want to browse Chrome on the go, <laughs> I want to do it on an insanely high-resolution screen with really just razor-thin... A uh, MacBook Air-like enclosure and a fast SOC. I don't understand. Like even on sale, I think those things are still a grand. Yeah. And then they had the Pixel C, which was their thousand-dollar Android tablet that no one bought. All right. So, for whatever reason, Pixel branding on the new Nexus Seven Point Five or whatever this is, we will. I, I can't imagine it selling at six fifty. I, I would be very strongly tempted by this if it came out at like four ninety nine, because I think it mm. on paper anyway it looks like a compelling five hundred to five hundred and fifty dollar phone. But there are those quote unquote pure Google experiences out there from other phone makers, including Motorola still, and they're not even owned by Google anymore. There are people who, on principle, wouldn't buy a Motorola phone. I'm sure because of uh, you know concerns about. I'm sure we we always get like comments about security and that sort of thing. But regardless of who is making these phones, 
Huawei is the number three phone maker in the world. Mm. And Motorola's stuff is still really nice hardware. Their Motorola, like the Moto G and the Moto Z, I think the latest version of the G is actually around $250, $300, has a virtually untouched version of Android on it and a really nice camera. So the options are out there if you want stock Android. The only thing you're not going to be able to get on another phone is the special Pixel launcher, Ugh. which they are going to make exclusive to this, just like they made the launcher on the Nexus exclusive to the Nexus for a long time. I'm curious to see what the reviews come up with this. I, I don't know about their their pricing scheme, their pricing uh, uh, target. I almost feel like they're just pricing it higher <clears throat> to make it stand out above other Android devices out there that are yeah, but the same price as an S7. Say again. Same price as an S7 though, which is the most popular Android phone. I think yeah, and, and that's I think that's what they want this to be considered as right. Not a one plus three or something like that that I think people may incorrectly assume as a subpar phone because it's only three ninety nine or whatever it is, right? Um, you know, I, yeah, I and they're know. sourcing we'll, we'll the see. panels from the same places, and you're using the same SOC. And I, that, I don't disagree. Yeah, at some point, it kind of comes down to how it's skinned and how what the camera sensor is, but. This there's obviously no skin on stock Android or any of the pure Google stuff out there, the uh, Google Play edition phones if you can find them. But I, you can find IMX sensors. There was a pretty good sensor in the Nexus Six, a great one uh, in the Nexus Six P. This one has a good one too. But there's a lot of phones out there with good camera sensors that don't cost six hundred and fifty dollars. That also have AMOLED screens. I and and the other thing I'll bring up because we were talking about the pricing. It's going to be sold through carrier stores exclusively at Verizon stores. So they have an exclusivity deal with Verizon. You can still buy it at Google.com slash Nexus, like any other Nexus phone. Unlock GSM. But, Probably not Nexus, but I get your point. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll <laughs> redirect for you. Yeah. We'll get a full right. Uh, a couple more items here we'll get through real quick. AMD releases Radeon Software Crimson Edition 1610 one jeremy what stands out here uh well if you're someone who likes gears of war or mafia eh, these this is the sort of game ready driver of amds for those two games and it also fixed uh crossfire issues with shadow warrior 2 which doesn't really exist yet but there are still some people playing it in early access it also fixes a bunch of other crossfire issues with some games that are out and some like the F1 that aren't quite released yet. Apart from that, I actually did the upgrade uh, just before the podcast to see if their in-app app updater is working much better than it was, and it is. It's actually nice and clean and worked perfectly. That's a good sign. It's a good sign. Apart from uh, that, not much get- changed. Yeah. Before we get to our last news item, I did I did get another uh, uh, update to a Patreon that came in that said, um, this is an interesting way of getting questions in on the show. What is your opinion on Twitch Prime and Kindle Prime plus Amazon Prime? Just edited their pledge to $6.16. I, I, someone's going to have to tell me what we're talking about here. Twitch Prime and Kindle Prime to Amazon Prime? I don't know what Kindle Prime is. I know vaguely what Twitch Prime is. What is that? 
Uh, so you get it if you have Amazon Prime. You just have to opt in, I think, and link your accounts. But it's uh, ad-free, and you get a free tr- Twitch subscription to one person. Mm-hmm. So, like, the premium sort of subscription. And, uh, something, and like, discounts on games, which you already get with Prime. So I don't know if they're different discounts. Mm. Well, the, I just got a notice about this because I have a Prime member, and they're adding a bunch of books to prime members as well i think that's they opened up like a a thousand more books to people with a prime subscription oh i didn't know they did that at all yeah Yeah. they they had a limited number i think before and now it's significantly more it's the kindle lending library for prime i I think you still have to have an actual kindle that was the old thing like i don't have a just a dedicated kindle so i can never do it but if you have a kindle you can get a lot more. You can borrow a lot more books for free with Prime now. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is funny because they're also having a huge problem over in Asia, where <laughs> yeah. they ended up giving out a lot more books for free than they intended to, and are now putting a cap on it. It's yeah. kind of funny that they're doing both at the same time. Yeah. So it's actually a good notice if you uh, actually, yeah, if you have Amazon Prime, do Twitch Prime, and can you subscribe to us? Do they? Do we have the? I, I don't know if you can do that or not. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, probably either. not, I guess. We're not really a partner. But just link your account so you get the uh, benefits if you're already paying for Prime. Fair enough. Uh, one more story. Uh, Firefox eating your SSD story. This is an update from Scott that he posted. Uh, what is the update really referring to here alan uh because the, the original post was from like a few weeks ago of firefox performing excessive writes on ssds uh has that changed gotten better it hasn't changed i did some toying around with it on the rights and like i did some capturing of how the, what the rights were because i i thought oh my goodness if that's more of a random right it might actually be e- even worse than what those guys are saying because mm. random rights give you like right amplification effect so if you wrote say, 5 gig worth of, you know, more random data, the Flash actually sees a multiple of that, you know, as far as, like, what gets written to it versus what the host was writing. Um, But uh, I did some captures, and turns out that most of those chunks that are being written are sequential, which is the least, like, you know, it's it's the the nicest on the SSD is when you do sequential writes. Um, But... I didn't have like I wasn't seeing the same amount of writes, but maybe I just didn't have as many tabs open. Or it doesn't uh, seem like you. Well, I, it's not only it's not only <laughs> if you if you you can't like open up a whole bunch of like Google pages like home pages or mm-hmm. something because it's it's saving the content of the tabs in yeah. Firefox. So if you have some really content heavy pages open, then that magnifies. And amplifies like how much, yeah, how much of that data gets written in that file because it's basically a dump. Uh, I think it's what fifteen seconds was the default or something like that. Every fifteen seconds, it's dumping the like basically everything that's saved in the memory, all the memory contents of like what's what all was loaded on all of those pages. It's it's basically combining all of those pages into one file that gets overwritten every fifteen seconds. That's the part that's really a like doesn't make any sense like why would you make it do that as why opposed wouldn't to you append well, well not just append but if you're just if your your system's idle yeah you're not like 
if the page isn't refreshing, none of that has changed since the last 15 seconds. Why are you going to rewrite all of that stuff? So you has it. Uh, but yeah, I get it. But like, why, you know, nothing changed. Like, don't yeah. even do the update. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm still I'm still kind of looking into it as far as like trying to come up with some numbers or some kind of a proportion or something. But I have a feeling that now that this is as visible of a problem as it is, I think Chrome and Firefox are both going to make some change reasonably, probably like the next release or something, I would guess. Because you can at least make it so that it doesn't do it as often. True. I know it's annoying because then if you just opened up five pages and then something crashed, potentially you didn't save, you know, the fact that those pages were open. Because that's part of that, part of the purpose of that file is so that Firefox crashes, you relaunch it, it you know, pulls mm-hmm. up the same tabs you had open before, or if you just close it and you have it set to reopen the same tabs. Yeah, but it wouldn't need to save the contents of the tab. That's to do that's that. what kind of baffled me. Yeah. Uh, unless, like, I don't know, Ryan really likes to be able to see the contents of stuff when he's not necessarily connected, right? With his sunglasses on. <sighs> Hands out of you. Yeah, he is muted. Am I? Yeah, you Am are. I now? Yep. Uh, if we're talking about on a laptop, I mean, yes, I would like all of my, when I turn on my computer, uh, all the things I've, the web page I open should be there. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, well, what Firefox does now is that even if it was crashed or closed, when you first reopen it, like you get all of the contents of all those tabs without it even hitting the internet. Mm, like I think, okay. I think it refreshes them like after that, but like it will come back up with the contents that, gotcha. that were there yeah okay. i mean i could see it being handy for maybe like if you had forms filled or stuff like that that would be nice but i just don't see why you really need just a whole dump of every single contents of all tabs every 15 seconds i got nothing i mean you know it's just like if you're gonna do it every 15 seconds just do like a list of the urls that it's open or something like don't go writing megabytes of data mm-hmm. every 15 seconds just write like a kilobyte every 15 seconds <laughs> that's really all it needs for like you know you can even write it more often if it's such a small amount and still cause no problems indeed yeah all right uh i guess that's it we'll get into our hardware software picks of the week mine is hold on uh, there's something jeremy probably wants you to talk oh, about oh wait what what did we talk about well, the people just adding stuff to the show notes without telling no, me? No, the fragging frogs? Where was that added? That. Well, oh, we, we opened up with that. Sorry. You should right. be. Yeah. Elan 14, October 29th, 10 a.m. Be there. Be square. Indeed. Picks of the week. Uh, mine is super simple, guys. We already talked about it a little bit, so I'm not going to harp on it here. It is not. It is currently out of stock on Amazon.com. Uh, it is the Logitech C922 webcam, 99 bucks. Uh, I guess keep an eye out for when it does come back in stock. It uh, has a cute little uh, tripod on there that I'm currently using. It's sitting on top of a box. They don't have it in is, the. They don't have it in the pictures nice. on there. Oh wait, or I doesn't the, the Amazon was the one without the, the Amazon tripod. doesn't come with one? Yeah, the Amazon version is without the tripod. So the Best Buy version has the tripod. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It's so weird that they would not include a piece of hardware with one model. I don't know. I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, look, this little mini tripod here is six ninety nine on Amazon. So 
if yeah. it's important, then do that. Uh, and it is it is kind of handy to have, honestly. Um, although you know, it's kind of got its own like little kickstand and stuff. Like not a kickstand, but like its own kind of base on there already. Um, you know, so. you never you never know when you're going to need a tripod for a little webcam action. Mm. So sometimes you just need uh, for a little hands-free webcam. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Looks like uh, the Mets are one out away from being erased from uh, baseball. So that's good the news. Good. Uh, actually, I don't like either of those teams. Um, <laughs> I, ho- I hope I had permission from the MLB to <laughs> report on that. Otherwise, oh no, the whole website's going to be taken down. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got for us? Oh, one a wonderful reason to be an adult because you find deals like this and you have to pick it up. Oh, holy crap. What if I've done a... What's that in real money? Make you holla. Uh, Look it up on US Amazon, Alan. for you losers. Oh. Apparently they're making it? a new one, so they've slashed this one. And if you scroll down, is you'll, you'll find out my only dilemma. Do I just buy this one at 45 or if you scroll down to frequently bought with... Uh-huh. Oh. You get them both for 74 bucks. Mm-hmm. So does this thing take off vertically? I'm sure. Does it act like a drone and hover? See, I'm looking at it and I'm not 100% sure, but I have a feeling that essentially it's underneath. Oh, I guess. And the fins in the front aren't just for steering, but are also for a guard for the propeller. Yeah. It's just those those props are awfully close together for it to do any kind of like hover yeah, there's no way that it would work that way in the ducting in the back. It doesn't make much sense either, but I've got an easy way to find out how it works. Mm, you're going to get one. You buy one. Yeah. And the Falcon is cheaper. It's got the obvious uh, propeller in the middle, but it's for indoor use only. It's a tiny little thing. But oh, it's, it's, just a single, it's just a single nice. prop. <laughs> but, I mean, it's 28 bucks. Come on. Huh. Fair. Yeah. Ryan Ryan probably already owns it. Not me. No? Right. You have to spend a bit more, but there's hang some on, impressive on ones on .com. Some damn kids running down the hallway if they wake up my child, I swear to God. Spoken like a true parent. I swear to God. <laughs> You'll beat them with a tough book? Yeah. He's got a weapon. First of all, it's not a tough book. It's from Dell. Yeah. Oh, get sorry. The right. But actually, yes, this would make a fantastic bludgeoning device. <laughs> anyway, uh, it wasn't violence. It was benchmarking, <laughs> Your Honor. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's up next? Me, I guess. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is uh, you know BCI Ventura have been around for ages as speakers. Usually they have some pretty mid range stuff, but uh, back one, in I is believe, this one amazing? <laughs> It is amazing. Back in in 1994, I bought one of these of essentially the same model. I still use it today. It still sounds pretty good. For 123 bucks with free shipping. It's kind of a deal and hopefully they have not changed the construction too much. But yeah, that was about the same price back then. It, it, it's just a center channel. Yeah, it's just a set of channels. You need some more speakers. What? You need some more speakers with that. He just he just bought all center channel speakers and just has them all over his Exactly. (laughs) Works really well. I wanted a balanced sound. Yeah. Yeah, It is. And then they're all and they're all coil matched and everything. So 
hey, just do that and you'll be happy. Now, if, if you're building a, a surround sound system and you need a center speaker, some to look at. I've, I've had mine for ages and it just is a beast. Hmm. There you go. 22 years of use. That's impressive. It survived Alan, two children. Do you have speakers to recommend? I do not. I do not. Do you have um, nubbins? No, no nubbins. Um, how is this product specific? How, how, what? Anyway. Uh, a timer. What do you mean how is it? It's, yeah, but it's a timer that works different than, a, than like a regular timer would. How so? Because this one will cut off at a time that you specify, and then one minute later turns on your modem, and a minute after that turns on your router. Ah. Okay, so it's a staged mm. boot. Okay, this makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's staggered reboot of your equipment and it does it every day at the time that you set. So, you know, like four thirty in the morning or something. Do you have to schedule it or can you just hit reboot? I mean well I don't know if there's a button that We'll just tell it to do it. That's right all then. I want. Like, I don't want to schedule it. It's oh. just if something breaks, I want to have a button so I don't have to unplug stuff well, and plug but, it in in a certain but, order. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, you know, I'd have something kind of go flaky after several days or a week and a half or something, whatever. And then that's the point where it's like, oh, great, the modem's acting up. Let me go reboot it. And of course, the modem doesn't even have a power switch. So you have to, like, literally unplug it, plug it back in, right? Well, if this thing is just doing everything for you every day. The likelihood of you needing to reboot those things is pretty low. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about rebooting both those devices every day that they certainly don't manufacture to be rebooted every day, and they don't architect the cable right. network to be everything rebooted You're every right. day. But uh, if power gets interrupted from this thing, in other words, if you just un- unplug that box and plug it back in because you're, you know, you, hey, I want to reboot my stuff right now. Instead of unplugging your router, unplugging your modem, whatever you're going to do. Just unplug this box, plug it back oh, in. It has okay. a bat- it has a battery backup, and whenever power does come back, it also staggers the boot. Eh, not bad. So, like, if your power went out at your house, you don't have to worry about like how your things booted up or if anything acted flaky because of it, because it does yeah. it the same way every time, right? Uh, you know, I mean, just it's it does its job. Like, I haven't had to do a f- manual reboot of any of my stuff that's in my basement. It's usually a pain in the butt. I have to go down there and, like, you know, reboot a router or something that hung. Uh, you got a surge protector in there? I don't think so. Oh, well. Um, Even still, I mean, for that price, though, that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's reasonably cheap. I was kind of, ho- I was looking around for something that was, like, you know, had some kind of, like, network boot. But then I realized, well, the thing that you're, <laughs> the thing that you're trying to fix is the thing that you should have just rebooted earlier anyway. And if it. If it wasn't working, then you couldn't even get into your network to tell the thing to reboot your yeah, network. Yeah, net reset with Wake on LAN, I don't know. Eh. Yeah. So this, you know, it just seems to have solved a problem, like a potential problem for me. And I I mean, my, you know, I, I put this thing in like three or four weeks ago, and I just, I haven't had to do manual reboots. This, all this does is make me angry that a thing like this has to even exist in the first place. That's true. I, I'll grant you that. Um, I, to be honest, routers have gotten a lot better about this. Routers are a lot better. Oh, yeah. and, and, I, and I was, I had my router doing soft reboots every night anyway. Why? Just, 
it shouldn't be necessary. You, know. you move the bits from here to there, and that's it. Yeah, but you know, there's like memory leaks and like other kind Route of stuff. The thing. Yeah, but when's like, do you ever shut off your computer? No. Almost never. No. <laughs> I, re- I reboot you, my router bad? more than you reboot your PC. No, but here's what I noticed on the router, which was specifically the reason that I got this, was sometimes like the radios and there's other hardware in your router that when you do a soft reboot, doesn't reboot. Yeah. Like does not reset. It'd Just be dirty. like turning your iPhone off every night before you plug it in, turning it back on. Yeah. You'd be a crazy person. Well, true, <laughs> because iPhones tend to be reliable enough where, you know, you don't have to do that typically right i mean any phone these days but you know routers it did reboot my iphone this week (laughs) because one notification showed up at the top of the screen and one showed at the bottom unreadable at the bottom of the screen like like there was a there was like a three inch gap between the two notifications and the last side of reboot the phone in any event uh sebastian what is your pick of the week is it to power reset your speakers it is not but It's it concerns like you could use speakers with it. Right. It's for the living room or any room where you have enough space. This is a fixed frame projection screen. And there's a couple different kinds. If you're looking on Amazon for projection screens, you can find them for as little as like forty or fifty dollars. And the cheaper ones are like a old school window shade where you just pull them down. Mm-hmm. They're always wrinkled. You get that pencil with it. Yes, the pencil comes with it to nice. uh, show you what color the screen material is. Oh, they're not trying to tell you you can write on it with a pencil? Uh, unfortunately, well, I think you can. you can write on it with a pencil, <laughs> which would be really bad. Oh, okay. Julian, well, you have a small child, so... Yeah. yeah. It'll be crayon. So if if you're looking at cheaper screens and you see that this one is like almost 200 bucks, you're like, well, that's really expensive, but it's a fixed screen, and that is not expensive at all for a fixed screen. These are the kind of screens that pro installers, you know, will put for like a three to five thousand dollar screen in your home theater room it's fully tensioned there are rods you put in behind it's a fully it's like aluminum frame there are tension rods that hold the screen really tight and when you're done building it as i did last week it looks absolutely flawless from the front there are no wrinkles at all so i uh I struggled whether i'd recommend either a cheap projector or this screen and the screen is fantastic and if you're watching the video, you can see it comes all the way up to 175 inches. You can you can buy yourself a giant screen for the living room, and projectors have gotten so bright that you can buy a projector, just a home entertainment projector, nothing fancy. Uh, refurbished ones from Epson go for between $350 and $400 on Amazon. Uh, Is the material on this screen like uh, like very highly reflective of the light anyway, so it... No, well, you can get different gains. Uh, Gain of 1.0 on a screen means no gain, basically. So uh, there's the 1.0 gain gray, which is better for improving contrast in a room where you can't make it totally dark. And then there's the standard white one that I link to, which is 1.1 gain, which gives you a little bit of extra light. So it does boost the output of your projector to have more gain. Like 1.3 and 1.5 gain screens are common for like I just want this to be my TV in the living room, and I'm not really going to have a dark room. Sure. And it it can give you a lot better brightness out of a dimmer projector. But projectors now, like, there was one I just looked at. It's it's only 720p, but for a home entertainment projector where you're just, like, throwing it down on the table and projecting onto a wall or playing video games on it at a friend's house or something, it's 3,000 lumens of light output. 
which is three yeah. times what these projectors could do like five years ago. Yeah. And a, in, a, in a completely dark room, like in a movie theater, you only need about 400 to 500 lumens and to do about a 100-inch screen. So when you have 3,000, it's, it's uncomfortably bright in a dark room. You have to turn it down, and it actually looks like a normal TV in a bright room. So it's a good time to be living if you like really, really big screens and don't have a light-controlled environment. Have you given that projector back yet, by the way? <laughs> I haven't I haven't had to give the projector back yet. It has to go back soon. And the neighbors love it if you uh if you have a Ron Jeremy habit and wide open windows. Yeah, you gotta open the blinds up for sure. That's why you get yeah. the room darkening blinds, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh speaks from experience. No, I already have those for other reasons. I think it could be if you project it on the neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> but these things are great for projecting onto buildings. All right, let's uh, wrap this guy up. Uh, I guess that's it for everybody. Um, PCPro.com slash podcast. Go to that URL. Uh, you can find all the ways to subscribe to the RSS, get the video files, get the video downloads, find all the show notes and links to all the crap we talked about uh, on today's episode. And uh, we'll be back next week with more stuff to talk about. And maybe we'll have some update on the church, too. We seem to be close to getting internet uh, up and running, and thus shelves Almost. and thus moving. Should just be so, two more visits left before we can have it. Just, just two <laughs> more stops. Yeah, it should be great. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Helstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Alan Mamatano. And I'm Sebastian Peak. Oh, that's not Sebastian Peak. Eh, close enough. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Try it again. Here we go. Now say it. And I'm Ryan Trout. There you go. Perfect. (laughs) Perfectly done. Perfectly done. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.